0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. We give you thanks, Lord, that we're able to gather in your name and consider and contemplate your word and receive the ministry of your spirit. Allow us to receive, O oh God, the instruction that sets us free as we Hold truth intimately and embrace it, and allow us to be transformed in your presence from glory to glory, even into your image and likeness through your spirit. Allow your word not to return void, but let it perform that which you sent it out to perform, and allow us to see your glory in our lives, the glory of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. And allow the earth to be filled with your glory. Allow the light to so shine that people will glorify our Father in heaven. And we pray that you would be exalted. And that you watch after your word to perform it in our lives, O oh God. And we Father, we just pray, Lord, that we would have a welcoming heart to receive your word. That we not sin against you. Prosper your word and your presence in our lives. As we continue to change the world, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Last week we began to understand that through our world-changing connections, we're able to attain to something called the glory of God. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. We have all missed the expression of what God wants us to do. And it's in our connection to God and it's our connection to one another that we're able to fulfill the call of God. Matthew 22, 34, as they approached Jesus and they said, what, what, what must we do uh, to be able to conform to your glory? What is the greatest commandment? What do you want to tell us? Matthew 22, 34. And he responded in this manner, verse 35, verse 35, and one of asked a question, testing him, saying, verse 36, teacher, which great commandment, which is the great commandment in the law? What, what is the highest standard of what you're calling us to? Verse 37. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. Verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. This is the high standard, verse 39. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, the expressions and affections of love towards other. Verse 40, for on these two commandments is the entire instruction of my commandments, the laws, and the messages of my messengers, the prophets. And so we said that as we enter in perfect relationship and connection with God vertically, and as we express that same mindset horizontally to others, Um, uh, we are prospering in the full manner of prosperity. And to the extent that we uh, suffer a relationship with God and a hardship connecting with our God, a lot of people are angry at God for millions of things, are angry at others. And, And this is the hallmark of our falling short, the expression of selfishness. The opposite of maturity and love. The more we love, the less selfish. The more we mature, the more the less immature. And so the glory of God's character is beginning to be seen. I, I want to tell you an example of this. Um, last week, I went to Westwood Christian. is the high school where my, where my children go. And um, I was there early in the morning. And, and we were returning, I believe, we were returning... Um, some flags we were we were doing some activity that they let us borrow and I run into one of the professors and I said how are you doing good morning he says i'm not doing so well i just had one of the parents come and ripped me a new eardrum cursed me out told me off and he says, and I, w- I was remembering that as he was telling me off, I was about to grab him by the throat, but I said, no, you're the Bible teacher here, and you're teaching the students the book of Proverbs. Contain yourself, self-control. And I said, you know, so I'm so proud of you. Good job. I wish I would have been here. Then I would have beat up the parent for you <laughs> so you could keep your testimony. And, and not a couple of days go by when yesterday, as we were coming back, from the honors gala, which I'm gonna tell you something, we we just we just showed up. We took we took the prize. Uh, Spring of Life, Corey was valedictorian, uh, my niece, and uh, Mauricio was salutatorian. So we were we were present, represented there in the house. And uh, Nick got uh, accepted into the National Honor Society, which both Corin and Morris have already been part of that. And then just all the awards of of honors, and, and, and that's, that's just the grace of God. That's the goodness and glory of our God, the diligence and academic achievement and, and leadership. I remember it was about three, four years ago when Nick was starting high school that Wellington Boone says, you better be a leader, my friend. You better take the class. You better, you better, you know, take the lead. And that's what God says. We would be the head and not the tail. We're to represent the character of God. So um, as we were leaving the honors banquet, my, my children said, Dad, you should have seen what happened to Mr. Malloy last week. One of the parents was yelling at him and spitting in his face, and they were pointing at him. They said it looked like he was a soldier and a drill sergeant was just giving them their peace of mind. And then I began to appreciate more what Mr. Malloy was telling me, which was that he held his ground. He didn't flinch in in the face of adversity. He didn't frail. He didn't fail in the, in, in, at the face of conflict. And, and so I was like, wow, that's awesome to see the character of God expressed in reality. That's where it counts. It doesn't count that we read this stuff and we, we say Jesus was slapped and, and Philip was stoned. And no, you are the character and you are the son of God. And in that character and in that sonship, we should express the the characteristics, the character attributes of our God. Otherwise, we must close down as a church. I go all over the world saying that a shoe store, a shoe manufacturer makes shoes. A furniture store, a furniture manufacturer manufactures furniture. The church of Jesus Christ must manufacture the character of Christ. If not, we're religious and our spiritual exercise is useless. And so as my children were telling me about Mr. Malloy, and I saw him this morning, I went up to him, I said, listen, I really appreciate that my kids come to a school where they're not only being instructed out of the word, but they're seeing it in the character of those instructing them. Thank you very much for that expression. And that's what we're talking about here tonight as we are launching out, not in a, a subject matter of the issue of anger, but let's, let's go a little bit deep here. Understanding that this expression is an expression, and you could tell your neighbor, I've seen you get angry. I've seen you. I've seen you. You get ugly. You get ugly. In fact, the word anger, some of you husbands are going, they got you, babe. Uh, <laughs> listen to me. Here it goes. The word anger in the Old Testament deals with a distorted um, facial expression. It says that the Hebrew connotation of the word anger uh, speaks of uh, a face that's contorted and and distorted. We see the picture up here, uh, up on the screen. It talks about, um, it speaks about the face and the nostrils flaring up, you know. And, And so that is what's taking place as God is, we, we, we go a little bit deeper into a character series. We want to connect with God. We want to connect. And, and anger causes you to disconnect. It causes you to disconnect with God. It causes you to disconnect with your family, with your marriage, with your wife, with your best friend. And so uh, Hebrews 4.15, this is how we finished our last study. We talked about R.T. Kendall writing three books, Total Forgiveness, Forgiving Yourself, and Forgiving God. And that's talking about entering into peace in these three relationships. And Hebrews 4.15 says that our high priest is one who can sympathize with us in our frailty and weakness because he was in all points tempted as we are and yet without sin. In every expression of of misconnect, he didn't allow misconnect to take place. He was totally connected to God, totally connected with man. And and that should be the hallmark of our expression. As we walk like Christ walked, we should live like Christ walked. Live like Christ lived. And the largest issues of our day that keeps people outside of the purpose of God is anger. And we see this throughout our examples tonight, but I, I want to uh, unveil, I want to unmask the, the aspect of angriness, and I'll tell you something, some of us Latinos are born angry, we're born with, with a sentiment that, that is, it causes us to lose so much, it causes us, I, I remember um, one of the examples we hear, have here locally in Miami was Bird Road Rudy the age of 13, 14 years old, he gets angry with his dad. He says, I swear never to speak to him again. And because one of the gangsters, one of the thugs in our city who's suffering his entire life. If you were to see one of his pictures, you would see the extent of the manifest expressions of, of hoarding anger in your heart. So the Bible says, let not the sun go down in your anger. Let, let not carry you from one day to the next. We're going to get to that in a little while. But let's, let's understand that where does this come from? Some of you would say that anger comes from the devil, and it doesn't. Anger is the character attribute of righteousness against unrighteousness. It's this very sentiment of God against things that are wrong. And some of us have a perception of wrong in many realms. So, so we're like, that's it. This is wrong. I'm upset. And then you draw that line, that anger. But we're not to rush to anger. And we're going to see that God never rushes to anger, it's long and drawn out. Look at one of the examples, Deuteronomy 32, verse 39, as we start going into the depth of the character of God. Deuteronomy 32, 39. Now see that I, even I am he, and there is no God besides me. I kill and make alive. I wound and I heal. Nor is there anyone who delivers from my hand. Verse uh, 40. For I raise my hand to heaven, and I say as I live forever. And we go to verse 41. uh, If. I pull out my glittering sword and my hand takes hold on judgment. I will render vengeance against my enemies and I will repay those who stand against me. So you see that God, there's the birthing of an attitude that has zero tolerance with evil. Uh, You see that some people say, in the New Testament, God changed. No, 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 my friend. This is a character attribute of a holy God, who His love compels Him. Uh, Romans 1 and verse 18, it says, The wrath of God comes against, out of heaven, it's revealed against everything that's ungodly, everything that's unrighteous. Everything that suppresses truth, that doesn't let truth come to the forefront, you're going to see God do some real um, intense intervention. And I've seen this, and I'm a God-fearing man, and I know how to get out of the way when God's sword is about to swing. And some people who don't fear God and don't understand the nature of his character they continue on like if nothing's going on. And we see this in uh, Balaam the prophet who is going to be confronted with an angel. And he's driving his donkey into the sword. And his donkey's saying, I'm sitting down. I'm not going to take another step. Because don't you see the sword of the Lord about to knock your head off? And so a healthy understanding of the wrath of God... Just like I used to have the, I used to know the wrath of Dad. How many, how many understood the wrath of Dad? You don't play with Dad. Not when he's upset. So he's going to come against all ungodliness. And so there's a healthy expression of anger in the book of Psalms, the Psalms, uh, Psalm seven, verse eleven. Remember seven eleven, like the store. It says God is a just God, and He's angry with those that do wrong every day. God loves me. My friend, God is so upset at you not being able to capture His heart and understand His ways and ways of prosperity and ways of blessings and ways of peace. And when you walk contrary to that, the Bible says that there's a strong affection in the heart of God, a deep affection, wanting to you not to receive judgment, not to receive contradiction. And so those of us that walk In God's mindset, we'll see Romans 13, 4. That there will be expressions in our heart that come out. And it says, for every authority is is established by God. And there are servants of God to you for good, when you're doing good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. He is God's agent, an avenger to execute wrath on him who does what is wrong you guys getting it there's supposed to be a healthy expression of this is not going to be good but God is love and, and you're not expressing love God is love as you walk in line with his purpose it's not, not a father seeing his son go over a cliff and is clapping and saying, Muah, Bravo, mijo, mess up your... No. No, they're strong affections. And down to his very bowel movements uh, that he's, he's profoundly upset against all who practice unrighteousness. So these expressions of servants of God getting upset, getting angry... It's not, this is not sad. You should be super glad that there's emotion in what's going on. Uh, one man told me once, he says, I don't like your church because when I'm not doing with God, everybody gets upset at me. I said, let me get this right. You want to go to a church that when you're doing what's wrong, everybody is indifferent. Nobody cares. They treat you the same. My friend, the only thing that doesn't have a living expression of sentiment is a corpse, is a dead church, is a church that doesn't care if you're right or wrong with God. And so we must understand that these are, are, are expressions. And we'll, Listen to me. Um, as some of you thought that maybe the expression of anger was an, uh, an expression of Satan, you're dead wrong. This is a character attribute of a, a loving God who has strong emotion uh, to be executed upon things which are wrong. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 11, Paul does something, and it moves the people to respond. He, he spoke to them very harshly, and he says, "...for observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly manner, and, and my anger or my rough treatment of you allowed you to be diligent." It produced in you something uh, to clear the air, to to bring clarity of the expression. You know, if there was confusion. If I was upset for the wrong thing, my being upset was allowed to give you an opportunity to clear the air. And look what zeal, what vindication. You wanted to be cleared. You wanted to make things right. In all things, you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. So expressions of, of... difficulty, hardships, they're not to have a falling out. Now, you know that, that if we're not walking in the spirit and mindset of God, if the grace of God is not upon us, just like a healthy, loving relationship becomes a twisted lust relationship, the same manner as when anger is distorted and twisted and suppressed and, and it's not correctly expressed, then you have Real disaster taking place. And this is when you have Gary, uh, Jerry Springer. Is it Gary or Jerry? He's making fun of angry people. And he'll grab two angry people out there and film them. And they pull each other's hair. And they beat each other. And they bite each other. And they curse each other. My friends, that is not a character expression of the anger of God. That is not to be what we manifest I'm going to tell you a hundred words, and then I'm going to uh, remember. I didn't say that. No, yes, you did. In that moment of wrath, in that moment of an unbridled, uh, uncaring, ungodly, unspirit-filled anger, you said a lot of things that were lies that you didn't mean, that you never intended to come out of your mouth. And so the world is filled with that, and we see that in the movies, Outbursts of Wrath, or in the creation of a comic book called The Hulk. It's like, don't push me past that point. And you turn into a psychopath, and you destroy until you, and you baby down and come back to you. What? That's not to be you. That's not the character of Christ. That's not to be the expression of our life. Uh, Scarface, the movie Tony Montana, uh, Outbursts of Wrath, Provoking Confrontation, television series, um, all sorts of things that, that are uh, uh, creating, I don't know if they did a movie called Road Rage or something like that. The guy in traffic is just like, come out and just beat people up. and That's not, listen to me, that's how we learn. How many learn like that? How many learn that you're to react and and vindicate and let's take it outside right now. Hey, you're not. Uh. <laughs> Listen, you're gonna lose your job, you're gonna lose relationships, you're gonna lose your marriage. One man, every time he got outraged, he ran to the divorce court. Three times divorced because he could not control his temper. He could not control his spirit. So God wants us to understand this. And so everything that we are gonna be looking at Christ. The Bible says, as we see him, as we see the image of Christ, we are transformed. Say it with me, transformed. transformed. From glory to glory, even unto his likeness. And while some people are seeing God as an angry God, it's a, no further from the truth. As we get into scripture, we see in Exodus chapter 33, uh, verse 18, Moses finds God and he says, look, before I'm able to walk in the direction you want me to walk, I want to make sure that I see who you are. Show me who you are in the very character and depth of your presence. Please, show me your glory. Show me who you are. The inner, 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 inner you. And so God says, okay, in verse 19, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will show you my character, my name. It will pass before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will be compassion whom I will have compassion. I'm going to show you who I am in the depth of who you are dealing with. Exodus 34 verse 5, and the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed Who he was. Verse 6. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed. The Lord. The Lord God. Is merciful. And gracious. And suffers long. And abounds in goodness and truth. Verse 7. Keeping mercy. For thousands. Forgiving the iniquity and transgression of sin. By no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of fathers upon their children and their children's children to the third and fourth generation. One of the expressions there when he says that he's long-suffering, is translated, he's slow to get angry. He's not, what do they call that, a spark plug? He's not a, a short wick. Mecha corta, like they say in Spanish. He's not somebody that just lights up and blows up. No, he's slow. Slow in anger. It takes, it takes a lot to see God get upset. It takes a lot to see him. He's showing mercy. He's showing loving kindness to thousands. Numbers chapter 14, verse 18. You'll see another expression. It says, um, the Lord is slow to anger. The same word in the Hebrew, long-suffering. He's slow to anger, filled with love that never fails, forgiving every kind of sin and transgression. He's not excusing the guilty, but he's laying the sins of the parents upon children, entire families to the fourth and, and, and generation. So here it is that Moses And we're going to see this in Numbers 12.3. The Bible says something about Moses that many people don't know. It says that Moses was a very meek man. He was very humble. He he was a a man who who had incredible qualities. And and you might have amazing qualities of meekness. and, And more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. This guy had an expression But I don't know if you remember um, that, uh, let's go to Acts 7.22. It says that Moses was educated. He wasn't an ignorant person. He was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And he was recognized and renowned in his words and deed. He was respected because of the way he comported himself. Intelligent. Acts 7.20 says that, that he had a A good appearance. And people saw him. At the time Moses was born was well pleasing to God. And he was brought up in his father's house. And and so people saw his eloquence. But man, when he came across that situation in Exodus chapter 2 verse 12. It says that he came out to visit his people. And he saw somebody taking abuse and injustice. And something was wrong. And he, he didn't say, excuse me, could I talk to you? He went over and killed the man. How many would kill a person when they get you upset? You know, like this quick. You're like, oh, brother, you're going to pay. And so you'll see that even though he was a humble, meek man, he looked this way and he looked that way. And when no one was looking, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in a secret place, buried him in the sand. And I don't know how many relationships you've ruined. Um, Some people might not be overtly angry. But you're going to hold it inside. And it's going to be a grudge. And it's causing many things to take place in your life. Listen to me. The expression of which God never intended the first to be manifest through you. Not the first. Some people are withdrawn. Some people are avert. Some people throw things. Some people don't throw things. They hurl <laughs> words they wouldn't otherwise say. And so you see there that, that Moses was, was quick to anger. If you see an expression of his anger again in Exodus 11:8, 8, it says, All these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he went out, it says, then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. It's just, just raging situations that would provoke things that were not healthy. And you know that when you're angry, you, your vision gets distorted, your thoughts get distorted, you begin to have an onslaught of, I want to say, toxic presence. Even, listen to me, even if they're so subtle as to let many years go by. One of the king's counselor, King David's counselor, he was the grandfather to Bathsheba. You guys know the story? David looks across. Uh, and sees a young, beautiful girl, calls her, has sex with her, gets her pregnant, has her husband killed. And here, her, her, uh, her father was, was on David's counseling team. And many years later, that anger just disrupted. Ab- and he became fiercely in, in desire to kill David. But he kept it hidden. I, I want to make sure that you understand that this is, this is something that could destroy your ministry, could destroy your marriage, could destroy your family. We're to remove toxic anger from our hearts. I want to tell you how subtle it is. Um, I try and practice with this from time to time. I remember about five years ago, about four years ago, uh, my mother-in-law uh, begins to downsize her house, and I start seeing her start giving us a whole bunch of furniture. And she gives us a, a chair, and she gives us a, a shelf, and she gives us, and as she's giving us stuff, I'm saying, I'm, I'm going to do good. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm carrying the stuff into my house. I'm carrying, man, half hour didn't go by, and I just blew up like a volcano. Well, your mom's going to move in? Well, I'm moving out, I told Yvette. She's like, man. Well, if your mom's moving in, well, I'm moving out, okay? See you later. How about that? I kept my cool for 20 minutes, but man, I, I blew up like a chimney, like a volcano. I can't. I, that sentiment is a rotten sentiment. It's a disgusting sentiment. And we think we could keep it in there. and It's not going to do harm. How many know that we need to get that out? Because we, we're not going to control that. It's going to have its day. Uh, whatever we're angry, upset about. Uh, we were watching a documentary from the founder of Oracle, his name is Larry Ellison, and he's the fifth wealthiest man in the United States. And at the age of 15, his father told him, I'm not your father. He goes, what do you mean you're not my father? Yeah, I'm your uncle, and that's not your mother, that's your aunt. And your mother and father didn't want you, and you're horrible, and you're never going to do anything in this life. And that guy is so angry. He has so much resentment in his life. He's gone through four marriages. He's just blowing up, you know, at every opportunity. Just depth of, of really twisted things that creep into our hearts. We us see the same thing happens in Numbers chapter 20 when the Lord tells Moses, take the rod and gather all of the people and Aaron your brother and speak to the rock before their eyes to give forth water. Go over to this rock and if this was a rock, it says a water, a rock, Give forth the water so that the people could drink. And, And Moses challenged with anger. Challenged with, I'm going to speak to the rock, all right, through this stick. And he begins to beat that rock. And the Lord says, because of that outbirth of wrath, inappropriately, you're not going to go into the promised land. You're going to be kept out of ministry. You're going to be kept out it says, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and says, because you did not believe to hollow me in the eyes of the people, you disrespected me. Now people are going to think that the rock was moving because you burst your wrath. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I've given you. You're not going to go into the promised land. I, I wonder how many of us are letting the underpinnings of hidden wrath in our character that's messing up our witness from Witnessing to our mom, to our dad, to our brother, to our sister, to somebody who needs us to get that out of our spirit. The Bible tells us that we're to be careful in Proverbs 22, verse 24. It says, do not become intimate with a man whose tendency is given over to anger. Have no friendship with an angry man. Don't don't come close because, guess what? Sooner than later, there's going to be an outburst. And with a furious man, do not go. Another translation says, do not make friends with hot-tempered people. Do not associate with easily angered men. One of of my cousins started going out with a guy who began to threaten her and began to tell her, I'm going to beat you up if you look at somebody else. If you ever leave me, I'm going to kill you. Listen to me. That's not good to hang out with that type of person. You tell that person, you know, c'est la vie. I can't say the other word. Um, see you later, man. I don't have any communication. Well, it ended up she didn't do that. And it was too late. A year later, when she tried to break up with him, he met up with her at work, and he shot her to death. And he killed her about two years ago, laid her down, and, and then um, he killed himself. And so we'll see that angry um, the nature of anger begins as thoughts. They become words. They become actions. You see them grow. And so the Bible says if you hang out with this environment, Proverbs twenty-two twenty-five, 25, he says, you become, you become the same in character. You will learn these ways. And this will be a trap for your soul. You'll be held in captivity. You'll start acting like the people you don't even like to see them get angry. And, and so we witness this from a young age as we see uh, family members and relatives and friends how they carry on in a, a wrong, toxic spirit of anger. And, and so the presence of the Lord will alleviate you from these things. And you'll see throughout Scripture that it's the very single thing that causes man to go astray from the purpose of God. It caused Moses to go astray, and he was the meekest man on the earth. It took a lot to get him angry, but he lost his calling. And so that's why God is addressing that in our lives tonight. How many give thanks to the Lord? He says, Be careful what you do with an angry mindset. You want to do right because that's the nature of anger. Like you want to do justice, you want to set things in order. Things are wrong. Why are they wrong? I'm upset. Uh, They did this to me. But there needs to be an expression. Um, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 5. uh, That first family, Cain, offered an offering to the Lord. And the Bible says it wasn't accepted to God. God did not accept Cain's offering. He didn't accept Cain or his offering. And Cain came against that with very uh, anger. His countenance was distorted and fallen. Verse 6, the Lord asked him, why are you upset? Why are you angry? Why are you eliciting that emotion that's going to drive you in the wrong direction? You're getting on the wrong boat. And why is your countenance distorted? Verse 7. If you do that which is right, then it will be accepted. If you do not do well, then sin is the next step to anger. And the desire for sin is that it should master you. I want to tell you, you need to master anger. How many say amen? And, and you're not going to be able to, you know, in, in your own power. There needs to be the spirit of God, the presence of God, the wisdom of God, the grace of God needs to be your director and your leader. And so the Bible says the very next verse in verse 8, it wasn't long before Cain did not give up his anger. And he began to um, converse with his brother Abel. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain, that anger rose up. And there, the expression of it was against his brother Abel, and he killed them. When we talk about connecting with those around us, connecting with God, it's never God's heart for us to, to br- kill our brother, to, to bring a separation. We, we read it last week and, in Proverbs 6, I think it's verse 12, it says that Lord hates discord amongst the brethren. That's one of the things he hates. So angry thoughts lead to angry words. And you'll see them seep out. And these angry words eventually lead to angry acts. And the flow of a man's heart is that you end up in the very place where anger led you. Right out of the purpose of God. Right out of the, the plans of God. Right out of the mindset and the unity of God's desire. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart. Make sure with all vigilance, above all that you guard it. Don't let anger in there. Don't let it drive your car. For out of it cause issues to spring in life. And these things. That's why the Bible says that everything that comes out of the mouth, it's, it's, it's proceeding from the heart. Matthew 15, 18. The, the, the words directed at injustice inappropriately will, will be an expression of anger. And, and led a little bit further, you'll start taking acts. Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they contaminate the entire man. So Ephesians 4:31, it says, Let all bitterness, indignation, wrath, resentment, anger, Let all words that are related to these things, what are the words related to anger when you speak evil of somebody, when you're speaking contrary to their benefit? What is the seed? Say with me, anger. You're upset. Um, Last year or two years ago, I walk into a, a store, I see a man, I've already witnessed about this before, I talked about it, and the guy behind the counter knew me 15 years ago and and he says, I hate you, and you're the lowest person I've ever seen. And, and my, my son, Brandon, was right next to me. He must have been 12 at the time. And one thing is when somebody speaks to you when you're alone. Another thing is when they speak to you in front of somebody you love. And, man, I just pictured myself grabbing that guy by the throat, pulling him over the counter. And I said, that would not be good for a pastor to do. I don't want to have that to be my legacy. So you know what I did? I just said, you know something? I understand you don't see it with clarity. I'm a spiritual authority. And and I held you accountable for things that were out of order some years ago. And just like you would be upset at a police officer, you're upset at me. But one day you'll understand that I didn't do what I was doing to be a jerk. I do what I do because I've been entrusted with delicate authority from the kingdom of God. And so I, I drew a line, and you were found wanting. And so that's why you don't like me. And so I said, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. But physically, I wanted to really take some action. So I came back to the church. I said, Lord, I can't have these emotions on me. It's not healthy. So I came straight into church, and I knelt right there. And I said, Lord, take this from me. You show that man... What happened and why it happened and where it happened. And remove from me the sentiments of wrong that I have towards him upon, you know, a, 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 a being provoked or, or whatever the issue might be. But here it is. It says anger. Let, it, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, say with me, be put away from you. How many put it within you instead of away from you? Oh, the, the Bible says to put it in... For a rainy day out, you're going to pay. You're going to pay. And so he says like this, it's not only the sentiments of anger and wrath. Verse 32, he says these words that go attached to it, instead be kind to one another. Lord, I can't be kind to somebody I'm angry at. Well, that's the whole thing. Be tenderhearted. Don't harden your heart. Forgive. Just as God in Christ forgave you. I mean, he, he would have all the reason in the world to come against you with the full wrath of his anger. And and he put it away. Um, and so there is where it says that um, let this stuff be put away from you. In verse 32, we read that to be kind and tendered and compassionate and understanding. Uh, chapter 4, verse 26, a little bit previous to this, he's telling the people... Um, Be angry, but don't let this run you into sin. There's going to be sentiments. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. I don't know the whole night that could happen as we we hold on to sentiments that are contrary to the Spirit of God. You know, they don't end up in the right place. Colossians 3.7, it says, you once walked like this all the time. You were addicted to this type of lifestyle. You yourself once walked when you lived in them. Verse 8. But now you yourselves are to, say it with me again, put off all these. And the first one is anger. This is like a spiritual exercise. This is, he says, wrath, malice. You think wrong, you get emotionally upset, and then you begin to speak wrong. He says, put all filthy, intoxicated language. Out of your mouth. Quit speaking. Ill. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday at lunch, and he's from Europe. He's from Spain. And they say, well, it's normal for all us Spanish people to speak bad words. I said, listen to me. Get all evil out of your mouth. He goes, how do you know it's evil? Well, they call them bad words. (laughs) If they call bad words, they're bad. They're evil. And you're so twisted, you know they call them bad words. And you're asking me why they're bad you got to be really upset and twisted. He says, put all filthy language out of your mouth. Remove this stuff. And so what are we supposed to do then? How are we going to get even? Verse 9. Do not speak evil to one another. Don't lie. Since you've put off that old man with his deeds. You're not walking in that spirit no more. Verse 10. And have put on a new man who's renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. We're to walk like God in this world. Um, we're to be the expressions. So these men who became experts in the character of God in James chapter 1 verse 19, he says, "Therefore, let every man be swift to hear. Not swift to be angry. We are the opposite. We're swift to be angry and slow to hear. Oh, I thought you were talking bad about my mom. No, 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 no. You didn't hear right. You're supposed to be quick to hear and say it with me, slow to anger. It says swift to hear, slow to speak. We're not supposed to speak when we hear. We're supposed to be slow to anger. That's what God wants for us to be specialists. I'm, I'm sure That that guy got a witness of my presence. I'm sure that the people that were were instigating Mr. Malloy walked away saying, you know something? We told him every dirty book word in the book, um, and the man was flawless. He wasn't moved to anger. Proverbs 15:28 says that the righteous are trained. The heart of the righteous studies how he's going to respond hmm, let me get this right. You know something? Let me take this into prayer. Let me go get a word from God. Let me see what the Lord wants me to say about this. I listen to you. I'm not going to speak yet. Because the Bible says, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We're fast to anger, we're fast to speak, and we're slow to hear. But it says the righteous, he studies one of the things that people tell me all the time, Pastor, why you're so patient. Man, how do you do it? Listen to me. It's the Spirit of Christ. Amen. I've learned this. I remember the first day I got upset at Yvette. Here I met her at the local high school. She came down with a friend. She's walking down across. And as soon as she got to my car, I pulled down the window. I said, I never want to see you again. See you later. And she's like, what happened? I was upset from the time she f- took the first step down those stairs and she's coming all the way across. And I knew why that guy was walking her to the car. So as soon as she got there, I said, get out of my face. I never want to see you again. You know something? That's what I learned from all my uncles and cousins and watching TV and, and all the dummies. I've come a long way, a real long way. Amen. In the spirit of God, in the grace of the Lord. Be slow, the righteous study. Hmm. I don't want to say something I'm going to regret. Can we start out like that? I'm not going to say something just because it's a reaction. I'm supposed to act godly. I'm supposed to say things that mean something. But the mouth of the wicked, the mouth of a guy who's not going to get very far in the glory of God, he's only concerned with pouring out his heart. Pouring out. This is the fool is only interested in... And showing forth, let's read that in Proverbs um, 12, 16. A fool's wrath is quickly and openly known. You offend a foolish person, and in one second he's giving you a piece of his mind. But a prudent man, he he takes his time to reveal the insult. He wants to do it in a way that is proper. He ignores, the Bible's in this amplified version, it says a fool's wrath is quickly and openly known. But a prudent man, he overlooks an insult. He overlooks something. I want to tell you something. If the devil is an expert in ruining our relationship with others and with God, he's provoking us quick to make decisions that we don't think about. Two dogs barking at each other, destroying their marriage, their family, their future, their ministry. That's what the devil wants. A prudent man, he ignores insult. He overlooks a matter. Um, Proverbs fourteen seventeen. He who foams up quickly and flies into passion deals foolishly. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. When's the last time you made a good decision when you're upset? Never. Never. It's never a good decision. Those words that are spoken at that moment... I remember, I don't know if you've ever received a letter and it's full of of issues that you want to, I'm going to call them right now. I'm going to go. And thank God those numbers were to godly people saying, you know something, this is happening to me. How should I respond? And, And the words have been forgive and love and overlook. Isn't that awesome? Forgive, love, overlook. Because in the heat of passion, things are said that aren't meant. Remember, a cousin of mine started started, uh, working at a spy shop here in Miami. And he says, Joaquin, if you grab this, uh, I was getting to know Yvette, you put it inside her room and you get to listen to all the conversations. I said, are you insane? I mean, there has to be a time where she has to call me a jerk and an idiot. And my mother-in-law has to give her some mother-in-law advice. I don't want to hear that. That's appropriate for the, for the course. Let them, let them vent a little bit. But you know something? If we're so quick and, and recording, what did you say? And what did you mean what you said? And I, I got it recorded. I'm going to show you again. It's crazy? That's what the devil wants. I want to live at peace. I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> a quick-tempered man acts foolishly. I would have lost the event. How many say, Oh? I did it, I did it, Uh uh-uh. This man's going to change. He's not going to lose God's promises and provision and his peace and his purpose. And people have left this church upset in one moment. Been here 10 years receiving the the mercies of God in one moment of wrath. And then they're like, what did I do? How did I lose that? That's, that's, that's what's going on. And this is what the Lord is telling us about here. He's quickly to fly into a passion and deals foolishly, makes decisions at the wrong time, in the wrong place against the wrong people. A man of wicked plots and plans to act upon hatred, anger. Proverbs 14, 29. A patient man has great understanding. One who is slow to wrath gets to, hmm, man. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't think, oh, wow, Lord, give me wisdom. How will I proceed? How is this going to affect 10 years? How, well, where will I be in 15 years, in 20 years? Uh, a man who is great in understanding is slow to wrath, but he who is impulsive immediately brings foolishness to the forefront, and uh, that's when we lo- lose uh, Proverbs 15.1 says, a slow response is able to quiet wrath. You know, a guy, I hate your guts. Did I ever say you're cute and I love you? How could you get angry at that? How could that be the motive? You know, can't. And so they told me, well, I love you too. But, but we need to be experts. We need to be purposeful. When Oscar went into Nicaragua and there was a different ethnicity and a different cultural customs and they were angry and he would return with love and with patience and would not revile. This is the character of Christ. And now the whole city is like, Oscar, Oscar. Because they saw that he's not a man who acts in wrath. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up more anger. Sometimes you're not too Stir up anger. You're not to put in a word that's just adding fuel to the fire. Proverbs sixteen thirty two. Whoever is slow to anger is better than an incredible warrior. He who is slow to anger is mightier than the mightiest. And it's he who rules his spirit that takes a city. How many places God's going to send us and we're going to lose relationships in one moment of wrath, lose a legacy with one moment of, of stirred up unrighteousness. Uh, Proverbs 29, a man of wrath is the one that wants to contend and stir up matters even worse. A man given to anger commits and causes many. A furious man is knocking down. He's like a bull in a, in a china shop. And 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 just oops, destroying every manner of edifice and building the Lord wants to do. Proverbs twenty nine twenty. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There's no hope for him. If a man can't control his spirit, he's not going to have a, a prosperous marriage, a prosperous ministry, a prosperous relationship. Proverbs twenty nine eleven. It says, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. A wise man says, cool down. And you see the pastor taking time and being patient. "Why, Why doesn't the pastor do something right now? Right now! You don't have to rush. You don't have to rush. In fact, when you rush, you make the wrong decisions. You speak the wrong words. You think the wrong thoughts. A fool's only desire is to express what he feels, but a wise man is able to control his spirit. I want to invite you tonight to stand with me in the presence of God and say, Lord, transform my character so I could be useful in your hands. Because I have a lot of relationships I need to preserve. I have a lot of connections that I have to heal. I have a lot of uh, your purpose in my life. It was 1 Samuel 25, verse 28, that David is enraged with a guy who's doing injustice. And he tells all his friends, buddy up, saddle on, swords out, we're going to kill a man. And he starts running across the landscape. And thank God for a woman who stood there and says, David, don't act on your wrath. You're going to ruin. So we read verse 29. Verse 28, back back up one. Verse 27. 26. Now therefore, my Lord, David, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm for you, my Lord, be as Nabal. Don't come and ruin your future in a moment of wrath. Don't come and ruin your legacy and your inheritance in a moment of anger. And we need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, um, you're, you, you deal with this. How many know that the Lord knows how to deal perfectly with all things that are not right? He knows. In a time, in a season, in a place, he's a faithful God. And so anything else is just a toxic contamination of, you know, who we're developing to become like in our expression. Even here at church, I want to tell you, um, there's going to be plenty of stuff to get upset at. I could guarantee you. Plenty of stuff. The people, uh, places, words. The sound system, plenty of things could be pulling on you to, to be angry, to be upset. And you know something? That's our opportunity to surrender before the Lord and say, give me your compassion. Give me your slowness to anger. Give me the expression that's going to bless my generation. Let's sing this song to the Lord, and, and I pray that the presence of God here tonight through his word and his spirit would just heal your heart if you recognize that there's anger if you recognize that some of your relationships are infected with this virus because of some injustice because of some things that have been twisted can I ask you to come to the altar of God like I did that day and give it to the Lord come and say Lord you know something I'm going to put this up there because I don't want this to mess with any area of my life I'm not going to allow this to, to drive myself. So I congratulate you guys. Come and just, just say, Lord, make sure that I'm not angry at my husband. I'm not angry at my wife. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really let you show forth your glory in my life, in my relationships. And, and people are going to be angry. And this world is angry. And they kick tires and they kick dogs. And they'll kick you if you stand in their way. But there needs to be that proper response of God's presence and his grace, slow to anger, slow to speak, swift to hear, to say, listen, let's talk about it. Let's, let's see your perspective. Let's see what, what you think about what's going on. What I say, what's, let's ask what God says. Let's ask some counselors. Let's go seek some advice outside of our circle. Let's not drown in this thing because this stuff is there to make us better, to perfect us. As we sing this song, you're talking with the Lord. Take my life, I lay it down, at the cross where I am found, all I have I give to you.